Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. We're back for another installment, another week rolls around, but this time with something a little bit different. We once again have Ball back in our lives after what has been just an enormity of an off-season. It's felt like it's dragged on for absolute years. Ball is finally back, and it kicked off with quite a bang. So essentially today, going to be rattling through a couple of quick odds and ends, some of the notable news from throughout the week, before going into a little uh, a little segment called It's Only One Game But. Now, my memory's failing a little bit. We're a couple of seasons into the podcast now. I don't know if me, Rowan Lee, have done this one previously, but uh, nevertheless, it'll just be a, a bit of an opportunity to highlight some of the standout points that have come across the opening games. So certainly looking forward to getting into that momentarily. Before we do so, though, as I say, week in and week out, just want to give a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, two tremendous networks doing tremendous things for not only us, but a whole host of other sports content creators across Australia, New Zealand, the US and Canada. So very appreciative to be a part of those two networks and certainly thank their ongoing support of our work here. Also, I just want to give a, um, a bit of a shout out to one of my best mates, Sam Loudon. Um, he is the reason for this uh, this episode being somewhat delayed. Uh, had his bucks during the weekend. It was a uh, was a uh, what's the word for it? It was an event. It was something all right. Um, but yeah, I just want to shout out the great man. It was a tremendous day celebrating him um, and his upcoming nuptials. Um, enjoying life for the last couple of weeks as a single man. But um, yeah, congratulations, buddy, and uh, thank you for having me be a part of it. My head certainly wasn't thanking you quite as much Sunday morning, that's for sure. Uh, Without further ado, though, let's get into some very quick odds and ends, starting with the news, first and foremost, that the Blazers have uh, lost their key cog. Anthony Simon has a tear of his ulnar collateral ligament. Now, that was a new one for me. Um, The ulnar collateral ligament in his right thumb there is expected to have surgery and is set to miss four to six weeks with with that injury now, so... You know, whatever hopes for the season, it was essentially a season that was going to be focused on both Simon and Scoot Henderson. For the next six weeks, at least, it's going to be purely Scoot Henderson. Now, he's had a somewhat, uh, I'll say a nervy start, as many of the rookies have this season across their first couple of games of NBA basketball, but certainly look to see his, I guess, his offensive output and certainly ball usage increase over the coming weeks without Simon's in the squad there. Um, Everything will be directed towards him. Mentioned on last week's show, I quite liked their squad. Aiton, Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, players like that as such, filling out the uh, filling out the blanks. But everything will be directed towards Scoot now. So certainly looking forward to see what he can do with increased responsibility. And, and it could be potentially a little bit of a catalyst for him maybe jumping ahead in the Rookie of the Year standings there, just with Wemby having a somewhat slower start. Uh, he, we could certainly see him climb. I've just had an absolutely horrible thought here. No, thank goodness. I just had a horrible thought that I'd not connected my microphone. So nevertheless, let's push on. Um, On the injury front as well, Stephen Adams of the Grizzlies, he's going to miss the entirety of the 2023-2024 season. Set to undergo PCL surgery there. will make a full return the following season. But this is a huge blow for the Grizzlies. Since he joined the squad, he's averaged 7.5 points, 10.5 rebounds. But he's brought so much experience, so much leadership to this young Grizzlies core. It's going to be very big shoes now to fill for Xavier Tillman. Um, 
I'm certainly intrigued to see how they go this season. I didn't have time to do preseason predictions. I certainly probably would have had them lower than a lot of other pundits and um, NBA fans out there. But as has often been the case over the course of the last couple of years, they've continued to surpass my expectations and many other people alike out there. So, um, you know, despite going in myself this year, I think they'll be bottom of the playoff picture, maybe playing stage potentially, um, especially with Jar missing the first 25 games there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them certainly obliterate what I'm saying at the moment. So, uh, yeah, big, big shoes to fill there. Stephen Adams missing. Xavier Tillman will be the big, big cog in that. And uh, hopefully they uh, don't encounter too many more injuries. There's also been some very notable extensions from throughout the week. I'm going to rattle through them quite quickly. Um, but first and foremost, with Giannis Antetokounmpo agreeing on a three-year, $186 million contract, uh, it includes a player option for the 2027-2028 season. Now, from all reports, he, he was just adamant he wanted to be in Milwaukee still. Didn't even look at the contract. Don't know if I believe that or not. As, um, as truthful and honest as Giannis looks, I don't see in any possible mind he's leaving that purely in his agent's hands, purely without looking at the contract. Um, nevertheless, done a pretty good job, a three-year extension, $186 million. That's uh, it's nothing to sneeze at. So fair play to him. Certainly deserves every penny he gets. Some other players here, some other extensions, maybe not quite as warranted. So let's go through those. San Antonio Spurs have extended Zach Collins on a two-year, $35 million extension. The Washington Wizards have locked up Denny Advia on a four-year, $55 million extension. The Indiana Pacers have offered forward Aaron Naismith a three-year, $33 million extension. The Hawks will be locking up Onyeka Okongwu on a four-year, $62 million extension. The Orlando Magic secured Cole Anthony on a three-year, $39 million extension. Now, as I went through these, and there's a couple of other ones from throughout the week, it just uh, it almost baffles me a little bit as to how, you know, there's this much money going around. But players that are, you know, I don't want to use the word mediocre. I know I know, Ro there would be um, you know, punching the screen listening to that. Um, our favourite word of the podcast here, the Daily Dribble, mediocre. Um, but that is a lot of money to be handing to some pretty subpar players who aren't, you know, fulfilling huge roles on their team. Um, you know, you look at the Giannis one, three years, 186 million. You will pay him to the absolute hilt. You're getting everything and then some, not just in terms of output, but in terms of increased visibility, in terms of merchandise, in, ter- in terms of ticket sales. Do we really think we're going to get $55 million of value out of Den- Denny Advia over the next four years? Maybe. Still young, but at the moment, it certainly seems overs. Zach Collins getting $17.5 million a season there in San Antonio. I know they've got the cap space at the moment, but again, feels like overs for a guy who's not really delivered a whole heap. Congo, um, four years, $62 million. I actually don't mind that one. I thought he was probably going to overtake Clint Capella there as a starting small ball center. Hasn't played out that way as of yet, but I certainly think he has upside. Um, and Cole Anthony, again, has showed flashes, but he's probably starting to, continuing to slip down the, uh, the Orlando Magic pecking order there. So it depends what you value. Uh, a lot of money being thrown around. I, for one, wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be that impressed with paying some of these players what they're actually getting. But, uh, well, that's why I'm not in the front office, isn't it? Um, in other news, I mentioned on last week's show, check it out if you haven't already, guys. It's got some really great feedback on that one. About LeBron. 
And actually, it was on the socials as well, on the TikTok, on the Instagram. Um, be sure to check them out if you haven't already. The Daily Dribble to find all your latest NBA and NBL news. But I put up a real little TikTok there, kind of expressing my thoughts about how LeBron shouldn't be carrying the load the way he is for this Lakers team. Came out during the week, according to ESPN, very reliable source there, LeBron will be on a 28 to 30-minute game restriction in the 2023-2024 season. Now, this certainly looked to be the case. He played 29 minutes in their season opener versus Denver, in which the Lakers went down 119 to 107. At 21 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists on 10 of 16 shooting, so very serviceable there, despite the loss. But I, from uh, every indicator, it only took till game two to kind of, for those, to, for expectations to the rule to come into place. He played the entirety of the fourth quarter versus the Suns on Friday, uh, a game in which they, they clutched up big time, largely off the back of LeBron there. But it was funny, there was a, a couple of minutes into the fourth, he was coming up to that minute's restriction, and I... I was watching it at the time, and I thought, for the love of God, please do not take him out. Um, It was going to end in disaster. They obviously answered my prayers. He played the entirety of that game, carried the team to the win. But it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out because, again, today, um, he looked set for that minute's restriction. The game against Sacramento, in which they went down by five points there, went to overtime. So LeBron played increased minutes there. So it's... uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers actually tackle this, how steadfast they are on this rule. Uh, is it going to be a situation in if, which games are closed? If it comes down to the wire, are they going to keep him in? Um, I have no doubt in my mind if he's sitting on the bench, he's going to be absolutely barking orders there to get back on the court. Um, the guy's competitive and as driven as he is, will not want to sit, up, sit on the pine and watch the team go down in a blaze of glory. So uh, that's just a little point for any of you fans, in particular Lakers fans out there, monitoring the LeBron James situation. And I, for one, certainly hope he plays more minutes. Um, I spoke about keeping him in, you know, bubble wrap, cotton wool. I, I, I say it with a grain of salt. If there is reason to rest him, if a game's a blowout or a win or a loss or whatever the case may be, certainly sit him down. But if a game needs to be won, with just how close I think the standings will be this season, You've got, to have, you've got to have him in there. It's, um, it's a given. He is arguably one of still the best players in the world, so you've got to have him on the court. So, Nevertheless, watch this space to see how the LeBron James situation plays out. A little bit of quick news on the All-Star game. It will, after officially being announced this week by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, it's going to return to its East versus West format for the 2024 All-Star game set to be held in Indianapolis, No longer will we have the highest voted players being crowned captains and picking their respective squads. Uh, There will also no longer be an Elam ending. Now, that was the target score in the fourth quarter that's got pretty rave reviews the last couple of years. I know for one, me for one, I was absolutely delighted by it. I thought it was introduced a couple of years ago. um, First in the bubble, I believe, there is uh, as a bit of a sign of respect, a bit of a tribute to Kobe Bryant there. I really enjoyed the concept because I thought it brought about a much greater intensity um, and enthralling last quarter. The players actually played with a bit of passion, a bit of purpose. Um, and I know over the last couple of years, me especially, as big as basketball nufty as I am, we grow a little bit tired, I think, of the All-Star weekend. Um, it is a nice opportunity to hit the reset, refresh button before we gear up towards the playoffs. But for me, I just almost don't see the point in it. There is such a lack of intensity, a lack of care factor. 
it, it almost feels what's the point. Um, but I, I'm certainly hoping this year, the East versus West, hopefully there's a little bit of pride on the line. Hopefully it can reinstall a little bit of excitement because at the moment, my care factor is pretty minimal. As I said, one of the only highlights for me was that Elam ending. And with that gone now, um, yeah, there's uh, not a lot to look forward to. So here's hoping. Again, it could certainly well and truly blow my expectations out of the water. And I'm sure for basketball fans alike out there, they'd be hoping the same thing. So we'll see how that one plays out. Let's move ahead, guys. The Daily Dribble. Now, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm not sure if this is a, a segment we've done in the past, but it's dubbed... It's only one game, but. So these are my takes, observations that are extremely premature after seeing teams' initial games. Now, in the fallout, most teams have played two or three games so far, I think, for the most part. Um, I'm going to base these very kind of hot takes, premature takes, on just the first game I saw of each team. So um, would love to hear from you guys out there what you think. If I'm on the money, if I'm blowing hot air, which is not unlike me. Um, but we'd certainly love to hear from you guys out there. So get in touch with me via the socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Um, would love to hear from you guys out there. Let's keep the conversations going. First one. Here's a very early premature take, but Cam Thomas is going to win sixth man of the year. There you go. Thursday versus the Cavs. Thomas came off the bench, dropping 24 points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal on eight of 11 field goals. And that was just purely at halftime. He ended up finishing that particular game against Cavs there with 36 points in 24 minutes, going 13 of 21 from the field. Now, last season, he made phenomenal strides as a guy who could catch fire in a hurry, a real kind of flamethrower. I think he could look to look, he certainly at the minute looks poised to build on that form. Um, he's setting himself up for what I think could be a monster season. He actually started the other day in their second, second matchup. Um, but I think as a guy who's coming off the bench, if he can just continue to build on that consistency, he's going to be the, one of the most watched players in the league. Across two games, he's averaging 33 points, one of the league's leading scorers, which is just mind-boggling to say the least. But uh, don't be surprised. I'm penciling it in very, very early. Cam Thomas, sixth man of the year. Moving on, the backcourt of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young seemed determined to build some houses in Atlanta this season. They were laying some absolute bricks, starting on Thursday in their loss to the Hornets, going down 116 to 110. Um, It was just diabolical, to to say the least. From the Hornets as a whole, they went 5 of 29 from 3, so therefore 17%. Their star backcourt, a combined 7 of 33 from the field and 1 of 12 from 3. Now, Again, the Hawks are a team that are somewhat kind of middling in the Eastern Conference, it feels, at the moment. The Bucks, 76ers, they're probably the two heavy, and the Celtics, should I say, the heavy hitters within the East. They feel a couple of rungs down. And if they're to make any noise this season, those shooting percentage are going to have to greatly improve. Now, you know, it hasn't aged too well. They beat the Bucks earlier today in what was a pretty comprehensive victory. Um, but given how stacked... The, uh, the East is, I certainly think it, likes, it looms unlikely that they're going to cause too much noise. Um, both these players take up a lot of the ball, and in particular Trey, notorious for throwing up some very, very ordinary shots, very inefficient, um, but that's simply not good enough. One of 12 from three and seven of 33 uh, from, from the field as a whole, 
it's it's not going to do it. And against the Hornet, too, I've I've backed to win maybe twenty games at best, maybe. Although they've they've shown signs so far, doing that against any team is not going to cut it in this league. Um, but to go down in their opening game, one sixteen to one ten versus the Hornets was you probably couldn't script a worse start for them. Um, I'm, I'm they're they're a team I'm really nervous about. I I think they could be found out in a hurry. Um, I think a lot of teams I'd probably have the Pacers ahead of them nearly. Uh, the Knicks, the Heat, the Raptors, they're kind of l- lurking in that, again, that kind of playing phase at the moment. So um, if they're to go any further, they're going to be very, very reliant on those two players, Murray and Trey Young. Um, he's hoping they can get the uh, the ship back on track. Speaking of other teams, kind of middling in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat. The question for me is where do they sit? Despite winning their opening game 103-102 to versus the Pistons, they certainly didn't install a lot of confidence there, looked very stagnant, and for me what really stood out is their bench depth is a real concern. Losing Max Struess, losing Gabe Vincent, I don't think they've replenished it nearly well enough. They're starting five super, super solid. Take nothing away from them. Jimmy, Bam, Lowry, Tyler Hero, um, they've they've got talent there. They've got talent there, but it is a very, very quick drop-off for them. Um, should an injury or two creep in, I think they could be a team that could potentially be preyed on. And as I said, especially how much better the East is at the moment. You know, just I'll, I'll rattle, the, rattle off the teams here. The Bucks, 76ers, Celtics, Cavs, Knicks, probably the Pacers above them as well. The Raptors would be close. Um, the Hawks, they're about par as well. They, are, they feel like they're going to be right in that logjam this season. And for them to make waves, they're going to need a near MVP level Jimmy Butler to actually turn some heads, I believe. Now, they're probably not too worried. We saw last year their Cinderella run from the plane through to the NBA finals. So it can certainly be done. And uh, that heat culture is well and truly alive. But it is, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I think they're going to have to do a lot of soul searching, probably do a lot of mid-season acquisitions just to fill out that roster a little bit more because at the moment, Duncan Robinson is essentially a guy and, you know, 12 months ago, he was barely in the league, had a phenomenal playoff series in his own right. But that's about it at the moment. So they need a good seven, eight, nine deep at the moment. Shouldn't injury before that starting five. That's going to be a very, very slippery slope down there in Miami. I've got here as well, pencil this one in. The matchup I'm probably most excited to see this season, and it could potentially break all-time scoring records, is a matchup between the Pacers and the Kings. You know, both teams are runners and gunners. They love putting up points, essentially turning every game into what is a track mate. Um, there is very little defense, and that was put on showcase in their both their respective opening matchups. The Pacers put up a buck 43 in their win over the Wizards whereas the Kings dropped 130 on the Jazz's head. So across those two games, a combined 273 points scored, which is absolutely outrageous. Uh, but both teams possess some of the league's best shooters in Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield, Kevin Huerta, Keegan Murray and co. It is just an absolute smorgasbord of offensive talent, especially from behind the arc there. We'll have to wait a little bit to see this one. Their first matchup is set to take place on the 19th of January, followed by their second encounter on the 3rd of February. But I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be well worth the wait. Um, so I just mark that one in your calendars because in terms of scoring, this is going to be an absolute barnstormer. I know I'm certainly looking forward to it. 
Lastly, the league might just have a new best duo. Over the course of the last couple of seasons, the duos have become very, very prominent across both the East and Western Conference. But it looks as if the duo of Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo could virtually be unstoppable this season. Now, I say it with a grain of salt because if you've checked recent scores today and by the time you listen to this show, they did go down to the Atlanta Hawks in what was a pretty dismal display. But as I said, I'm focusing on their first game. On Friday, they outlasted the 76ers with MVP there, Joel Embiid. They outlasted them 118 to 117. Giannis finished with 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks in what wasn't one of his better games, to be honest. You know, I, I, say, I say those stats and the bar for him is set that high. This was a pretty ordinary game. Had real struggles from the free throw line. Seven turnovers as well. Uh, it wasn't one of his, his better displays. That being said, Dame caught fire in his Bucks debut. 39 points, eight rebounds, four assists, went 17 of 17 from the free throw line and was essentially the reason they won this game. They looked dead and gone with a couple of minutes to go. But as we've seen time and time again, um, he's one of the clutchest players in the league. There, it is undeniable. He demonstrated it once again, regardless of the colors he's wearing. It was, uh, this, this is going to be the scary thing for oppositions out there. Their minutes are going to be staggered for large parts of the game. So for the vast majority of any given game, you're going to have a top 10 player on the court at all times. This is not a luxury many teams have, and it is such it is such an unfair advantage that you can have either Dame or Giannis on the court at any given time. They're going to certainly play the first couple of minutes, the last couple of minutes together, but having them staggered for big portions of the game gives them a constant threat. Their depth itself is, is certainly serviceable there, but having a top 10 guy on the court at virtually all moments of the game it's ridiculous, and it certainly warrants as to why they're one of the NBA title favorites. Um, that game, it was just seeing those two link up together, it was really a fantasy, an NBA fantasy moment. Um, despite that, Philly certainly gave them a really good shake coming back in the second half. Uh, should have probably won the game with a couple of minutes to go. They looked as if they'd iced it. But that is the sign of a fighting champion, an NBA champion-worthy team, the ability to come back in the face of adversity. They're down to six points with a couple of minutes to go, and... Um, from there, it was all all Milwaukee clutching up to get their season off to a barnstorming win uh, in what was a fantastic game there. Guys, they were some of my key takeaways from opening night games. Um, I'm absolutely delighted to have Ball back. It's been a cracking start. I couldn't wear another Lakers jumper today after starting their season one and two. It's been somewhat ordinary, um, but certainly hoping they can turn that around. But it's just phenomenal. The storylines, the action, the players stepping up at the moment. I could not be happier. I simply could not be happier, as I'm sure many of you like out there feel the same way. The ball is back. The news is coming thick and fast with that, though, guys. So continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, for all the latest news from the Daily Dribble. Um, also, as a little uh, a little, a little teaser, things are in the works. After just getting back into the pod over the last couple of weeks, I'm looking again at relaunching our merchandise. Um, in the talks with a couple of different providers and suppliers at the moment. Um, so we'll hopefully have some updates on that over the coming, hopefully couple of weeks, getting things uh, sorted out at the moment. So certainly keep your eyes peeled for that. 
I will leave it there, guys. As I said, certainly appreciate you checking this one out. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show. Until next week, enjoy what's going to be a huge week of basketball. Can't wait to talk to you all again soon. Take care.